I've fallen off a bird from hitting a big oh, uh, you're the, street bump. When, earlier when I said no one on the scooter like flies into the ocean because of it, you're going to be the guy that does that. I have flown off a, a bird. Actually, a couple times. Were you I've looking at your off. phone? You can't bird and phone. It's not possible. What were you doing? How uh, can I victim blame? Yeah. <laughs> how was this your fault? Yeah. How do I make this? Well, one time I was riding on the sidewalk. Uh, and, you know, I you. hit like one of those huge, like jagged sidewalk things. But oh. another time I, it was, I just hit a <laughs> huge jagged human being. Hey, hey, everybody. We had, we had a very tardy guest. Oh, it wasn't a guest. It was a very tardy co-host of the show. Very tardy. It's 1-14-19. That's pretty tardy. Because you know when the, these guys came like right at right one at time. When, when we told them to come. I was like five Sorry, minutes guys. early, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. This is how I assert my dominance. That's, what we, that's, that's what we were saying before yeah, we got that's, here. That's, a that's power, been the power, power move. It's a power move. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Hollywood power move. Yeah, do you guys feel dominated by him? <laughs> Is it working? Yeah. I feel I feel dominated. So we've got we've got some exciting and high level guests today. No more bums on this show. All good guests it's from true. now we on. We have real guests. It's your new policy. Real yeah, humans. new new policy. Good guests. Actually talented people. Wow. People I'm, who have. I'm so happy I'm not listening to you guys do this intro next week. That would be <laughs> sad. Uh, Damon, get a little closer. You All right, a like. little closer. All Thank right. Thank you. Uh, so we've got Adam Yenser. How's it going? Adam is a stand-up comedian who has been on Conan, and he is a writer for Ellen. And is very funny, as we've seen on numerous occasions. Isaac Thank and you. I. Indeed. And we've got Damian Newton, who is the executive director of the Southern California Streets Initiative. He is a co-editor at Streets Blog California and an editor at Streets Blog LA. The first editor. First editor. They have they have one now who does a much better job than I did. Okay. Yeah. So are you like an editor at large or you just a contributor there? Sort of. I, I contribute to the websites, mostly um, stuff that's paid for directly by a grant or if someone's on vacation. Got it. Uh, Streets Blog, the address is la.streetsblog.org, and they mainly cover uh, transit and transportation issues in the Southern California region, specifically LA. Yeah, that's fair. I wanted to get the discussion started today by playing a talk radio interview I heard recently about bird scooters. <laughs> this was on uh, KFI. So it's delightful, I think, for two entirely different reasons, and you will hear them right now. You know, the bird scooter. By the way, this is uh, Mark Thompson, I think his name is, uh, substituting for Tim Conway Jr. The bird scooters. Yeah, what, what are, yeah. They're everywhere. They're electric, right? I mean, they're electric. Obviously. They seem there's an ease of using them. It seems they seem to be enjoyed by a lot of people, but they're not without issues. Mm. They're not without controversy. They're, first of all, there are a lot of them. They're all over the place, and people are concerned that they're being ridden down sidewalks at a big rate of speed. I don't think they're supposed to be used on the sidewalk, but anyway, the guy who knows bird scooters and was an early adopter is a guy named Isaac Simpson. Oh. And he's here with us now. Isaac, good evening. Welcome to KO5. 
Thanks so much for having me. So, I... <laughs> how did you get on KFI as an expert on bird scooters? <laughs> uh, I don't know. How did that happen? Uh, I, uh, I was telling my bird scooter, scooter stories at work, and a coworker of mine uh, knows Mark Thompson. Okay. And was just like, you got to go on Mark Thompson's show and talk about bird scooters. <laughs> That was it. And you did a like a seven minute interview. I won't play the whole thing because it's. I'm hooked now. That was like the most dramatic, controversial description of bird scooters. Yeah. I've ever they're heard. everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness! I bird I scooters. Constantly. Bird scooters. This the great scooter debate of 2018. Right. It's, ugh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Why? Why are people so crazy about in this really negative way about the bird scooters? You know, with like we see this a lot with transportation issues, where there's definitely an age divide on the people that are crazy about it because they love it and the people that are crazy about it because they don't right um and we've certainly i mean there's there's sure there's there's going to be some safety concerns and i'm not thrilled about the let's just drop a million of them in a city and then see how how the city reacts to it theory of transportation development but i i personally i feel a lot of it's a little bit overblown and and you could get some some good a few good changes here and there and make everybody happy but the reason they're on the sidewalk all the time is because people don't feel safe using them in the street. It's the reason people bike on the sidewalk too. It's, it's not because they want to mow down pedestrians. It's because they don't feel safe in the street and they got somewhere to go. Well, and sometimes you literally can't like I'll bird from basically La Cienega Wilshire to the purple line stop on Western Wilshire. And sounds awful. <laughs> it's, I actually love it, but there are parts of Wilshire that I cannot yeah, go on because it you run out of all space. Yeah, like I mean you're, you're on, you're off, you've got the and, parking, yeah, exactly. the construction. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. I mean, it, riding the scooter. I'm not a big scooter guy. I prefer I prefer a bike if I'm going to do a trip that's like a scooter length trip, like you know a mile or two. Yeah, half mile to like two miles. It's something I'll do on my bike. But like you said, there's construction, there's cars, there's right. parking. It's it's not it's not easy for people. And so now you have this thing that's there. Uh, and a lot of people are using it. I think I see more birds than bikes in Santa Monica these days. Right. And uh, and so, you know, there's going to be upheaval. Yeah. Wait, where are you supposed to use them legally, in the street or on the sidewalk? On the street. So you're supposed to go down the street with one of those scooters. Yeah, ideally you're in a bike lane, right? Oh, okay. If, some kind if of, there is one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, uh, that's the, the place that's best, but a lot of streets yeah. have no bike lane. Yeah. So well, you're either... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I believe they're not allowed on bike paths, only on streets and bike lanes on streets. So like the the path that runs next to the expo line or the path that runs along the beach, they're not supposed to be. Oh, on. yeah. You technically right. can't have motorized. Yeah. And every now and then yeah. Santa Monica will send a cop out and it's like, you know, just throwing scooters in the back of a truck for them. Like there's so many people that are just doing it illegally. That... Yeah. I mean, it's pretty lax enforcement. I've like buzzed on a sidewalk right by cops and they yeah. don't say anything. Um also, the great thing about Wilshire, though, is that there's a bus lane, yes. and birds are great for the bus lane because people don't drive in the bus lane, so you have this big lane for you. And the crazy thing is, I will do that three mile trip, and not one bus will pass me. Yeah, no, that's I mean, which goes to show, like it's actually quicker than yeah, taking if, the bus. And if you're going at about fifteen miles an hour, yeah. that's that's about right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's those discussions and that interview being a perfect example of it is it's so funny because the the use of it as an alternative mode of transport and kind of a benefit to the city is never even like considered it's just like oh this wacky thing and the people at my job do have the same conversation all the time it's always about what a problem these scooters are but 
nobody's dying on the scooters. The scooters aren't being involved in wrecks or anything. It just seems very... Well, I'm sure people have died on them. I don't think uh, so. Someone in Kansas City, but there's not that the car with it hit the person on the scooter was breaking like three different other laws. Right. Um, and it was a car that did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, not, no one's losing control of the scooter and like veering into the and ocean hurting or people. Right. Yeah. And my thing is, I mean, if you can just get 5% of the population to not be on the streets, right? To not be driving, mm-hmm. to not be using cars. I mean, that's basically the solution. I mean, what, isn't it on Rosh Hashanah, the Jews aren't yep. driving, and it's like it's, you can get anywhere in 10 minutes? Isn't that the whole thing? And I mean, how, what percentage do Jews make up of the, you know, it's probably like, what, 10% less drivers on the road? Well, and, and it frees up everything. Exact statistics. And you'll see that on the holidays that the government celebrates that nobody else does. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that disparagingly of any holidays, but for tomorrow, for example, there's a lot of government offices that are closed oh, for right. Indigenous Peoples Day or Columbus Day, depending. And it's depending a very <laughs> small fraction of the population that has tomorrow off. And you'll see a huge difference in the amount of congestion. When right. Years ago, when I was working in New Jersey, um, the NJDOT actually did a study where they said, your average nuclear family with their one and a half children makes 10 trips a day. And if you can convert one of those trips from those 10, just one, to walking or biking, local congestion, not your freeway congestion, but your local congestion goes away. Yeah, oh. it's like gone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you just got to unplug a few of the things. Yeah. That's my feeling, too. What are everybody's transit uses here? How does everybody get around? I drive everywhere. Of course. I don't take, I haven't, I don't have a bike out here. I haven't tried the bird scooters. Do you drive a big Hummer, Adam? Uh, sort of. I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> I've been carless since 2012. I got rid of my car in 2012, so I usually use public transit and with occasional lift supplements or maybe renting a car if I have to do some crazy trip. Do you like driving? I, I, I enjoy driving generally. I don't like the sort of sitting in traffic element of it. Yeah. I used to live in New York City, and I miss like mm. a walking city. What I will say is that uh, where I live in my neighborhood, like I will walk to dinner and like locally, which that's one thing that like shocked me the most about LA is there is thing there are areas where you can walk to things and no one walks out no here. Right. If you're going like if you're going like a mile away, people will get in their car and drive. Whereas I would walk that distance. Right. Generally. Yeah. Now we had uh, we had some people over for dinner the other night, and afterwards, uh, me and my uh, son actually, I guess this was like a month ago. Me and my son went out to catch a rare Pokemon on our Pokemon Go app together, and mm. the people looked at us like we were nuts. Like you're, it's dinner after you're going for a walk. It's dark out. Aren't you nervous? And we're like, we're walking a block and a half to Starbucks. Like, yeah, what's but the, yeah. the the looks was like we had we're growing a third arm or something. Oh, I've done lift shares where we pick someone up at one block and we drop them off at the other end of it. And you're, like you're all going to catch a rare Pokemon? No, yeah. there's no rare Pokemon <laughs> catching. I don't have children. So I, I played for a little while, but then... I, I like the idea of, of riding a bike out here, but then what happens to me is like if I'm in my car and they're in the street, I hate them. And if I'm on the sidewalk and they're on the sidewalk, I hate them. Right. I'm just like... I right. too keep usually your, hate Keep your bicycles. bikes outside I, of the city. I, I think it's good for... I, I understand the benefit of it. But it enrages me personally whenever yeah. I see them anywhere. Yeah. You'll be surprised how often I hear sentiments similar to those. Like, sounds great, but God, they're on the street <laughs> or, or the sidewalk. Yeah. I had a bicyclist the other night. I was walking down, I think it was Venice Boulevard, and I had a bicyclist who was riding on the sidewalk. And he called me stupid and said, you need to walk on one side of the sidewalk, buddy. And then he just kept biking. Oh, and I was like... 
Venice has a bike lane too. <laughs> like, the the gall to think that yeah that to yell at he's you. He's a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is a hundred percent wrong. Like he need, he should be out in the the bike lane. What is it about transportation in general that causes people to act like complete lunatic animals? I mean, I think the most horrible things about people in that moment of, of road rage. And it was the same thing even in New York City. Like, when somebody gets in your way on the subway, it's like yeah. the animal <laughs> rage. Why is it transportation? That it's like there's something about transportation that makes people insane. I think it's because nobody likes doing it to begin with. Like, they like going from place to place. Obviously, they don't want to sit in their house all day. Um, they like what mm-hmm. happens. They like what happens when transportation's over. So it's the inconvenience that has to happen on the way. Like... And, you know, unless I will say that I do certainly know some people that really enjoy their walking and their biking. If they're walk their kids to school or just like, you know, biking to work or something like that, that's a big part of their identity and their exercise routine and all that. But even the people, a lot of the people I know that walk and bike aren't like, yeah, I'm going to go do that now. And I, I, I think transit certainly too. I don't know. I know people that love their, that they can take a train to work, but I don't know that they love riding the train every day or the bus every day. And so people want to get around. It's part of our lives. But the the actual act of transporting oneself is not the highlight. Do you think that is our future just to be doomed to only tech companies coming up with uh, transit innovation and that being incorporated? Like, are, are we as municipalities ever going to be able to get better transit without some venture capitalist funded company coming in and going like here's a bunch of scooters figure it out right. or i'm gonna dig a tunnel to dodger stadium Totally right. trust me with this yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> well this is how it is now right it's the same with space it's like the public sector can't do these things anymore yeah it's only the private that can has the people that can figure it out well or that actually the people can figure it out i don't know if that's the case but the the will to actually get it accomplished yeah in, in, in transportation, we see this over and over again, where governments are looking for ways for the private sector to like relieve them of transportation. In like the '90s, turn of the century, maybe first decade of the century, that was they wanted to they call them public-private partnerships was the big buzzword, right, which was yeah. basically like you get someone or get a venture capital group or something like that to pay for a new road or to fix a road, and then they can toll the hell out of it. And it's like, well. I mean, I, I understand the value of that for a politician who's like, hey, look, I got you this free road. But then like all the money that's collected by the tolls over the next 30, 50 in Chicago, 100 years is going to a bunch of rich people and the road can still fall apart. It's not like they own the road. They've just like basically bought a big bond. And so that was the big thing then. And now we're seeing the the tech companies come up with the new innovations, the, right. the scooters, the Lyft, uh, excuse me, Uber, Uber was first, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, sidecar, you know, I think sidecar was technically first. Yeah. They're gone now. Um, you know, so it's, it seems like every couple of years we're seeing a new one and the people that are sort of your transportation planners, um, as brilliant as they are in coming up with like cool road designs and stuff like that are, are still sort of like, Oh, scooters, you know, it's, they're as surprised as the rest of us. And then there's sort of an upheaval just like there was with the, uh, ride sharing a couple of years ago. Uh, Santa Monica was the first one with the scooters. And then they, they made a big surprise by initially saying they were just wanted like companies that were owned by Lyft and Uber to run them. And then after an uproar, they did the most Santa Monica thing possible and said, everybody can operate them. But, um, they, uh, 
everyone was like, they, they cited in their first decision, like that, you know, Uber and Lyft know how to do this and they know how to work with the cities. And it's like, I'm trying to, five years ago, didn't, I think all the cities hated Uber and Lyft. Right. Right. You know, they, they were messing up the taxi industry. They were all going to be gone in two years and then everything was going to be awful. And they broke all the rules and their drivers were all evil. And, you know, and now they were, now they're the good guys. So I guess the scooters are going to be the good guys in three years. What is uh what is Santa Monica's official scooter policy? They they've they're the most involved with regulating and incorporating them into their their transit. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think they became a symbolic battleground because Bird was there. Like Bird is like a Santa Monica company. Like okay. half of their staff is like people that lived live and lived in Santa Monica, so they're not like just like flying in. And then um, they just. But they told the city they were going to drop the the they their official announcement to the city that they were going to do this was uh, they always say it was um uh, what's like Facebook for people that are trying to get jobs um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn LinkedIn they sent a LinkedIn message to the city manager that was how they told them they were going to do it by the way so, we're doing sup. yeah <laughs> we're going to drop what ten thousand scooters or whatever the number is so they went through a really big like public process and they had protests over it which again protests over scooters is like the most santa monica thing i can possibly (laughs) protesting in favor or against uh they were protesting for their favorite scooter company oh okay oh yeah oh okay (laughs) so like people out there with bird or lime signs yeah those and yeah yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's what was happening because oh. the city, when they first said, OK, what we're going to do is we're going to have a pilot program. We're only going to permit these two companies that we pick. And then they picked the two companies that did not have scooters on the ground in Santa Monica. Right. And everyone, <laughs> which, again, is so Santa Monica. <laughs> but um, so they uh, uh, and then after the big upheaval, they let the other two scooter companies that were actually already on the ground doing it. My only question with this is if you only allow permits in one area or only permits for one scooters, like if I'm on my scooter and I'm on. Olympic Boulevard and I'm scooting like what happens when I hit Santa Monica I actually border? I deal with this quite a bit because I work in Beverly Hills right on the border oh yeah you've got yeah so I I you know I'm all good until I cross San Vicente which is the border of LA and Beverly Hills on Wilshire and sometimes it'll keep working but there's one spot where if you hit it like it's coming down San Vicente the Uber, the scooter will just stop working. Seriously, yeah. they've got like a kill switch. It's a kill switch. Wow! Yep. And not only that, it, it, it used That's to awesome. when there's when I park in front of the building I work at, I can't then re. Well, that I knew. I can't start it again. It'll yeah. it'll say like error. Um, yeah, and they because, send out the yeah. big truck to pick it up at some point. Right. That part I knew. I was always wondering though if they actually shut down. They, they at this one place, it's happened to me twice that it just cut off, and I assume I could only assume it's because I crossed. It's like yeah, right at the moment that the I crossed zone. into the yeah. It's like a grocery store cart that you've taken too far <laughs> away from Ralph's. Yeah, and it beeps. Yeah, and the wheels lock. Right. If you take your your Ralph's grocery store cart too far, yeah, the wheels will lock, and you mm. can't get it anywhere. No, I think if you scare, if you carry your scooter back to the promised land, though, it'll, it'll, it'll work. yeah, click back on. Yeah, and that's a weird side business of scooters. I didn't even know where the people that charge them overnight because they get paid to charge yeah, that's scooters. How they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that was even a, a thing. I saw some guy driving around in a truck collecting scooters. Yeah, I know. Uh, I heard of a guy. We were looking at doing a story on this, uh, and we he wouldn't talk to us. Oh. Um, but he uh, he would load up a car with him, and he lived in an apartment building, and he would literally just go to the common area. Uh, he had to have them. You could only have them from 9 p.m. at night to 6 in the morning is what they wanted. And all the people in his common area that would use it were gone. He There were like 20 electric outlets. Wow. He'd charge up 20 scooters in the common area, go to bed, wake up, put them all out on his way to work. And he was getting like... 
thousands of dollars a month for that. So, you know, good for him. Wow, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Quit my office job. <laughs> Collect scooters. Scooter collection. Uh, any more scooter talk? Any other interesting developments? Damien, what do you think is, what do, what do you see as the path for scooter integration into LA over the next few I, years? I think it's probably just going to slowly happen. Yeah. And, and a couple of years from now, it'll be normal. Be a regular um, thing. And people won't be confused by it anymore. Which is good. It'll, I, it'll be great. I think it's great. I, I think it's I don't have any problem. I love it. Yeah, I think I think it's great too. Is this, I mean, I'm personally not a scooter guy, but like if that's how you want to get around, more power to you. Yeah, like go go do it. Whatever gets you out of a car, whatever right. gets you off the road as a driver. Did I'm, they ever I'm, have in LA? I know they had them in New York. What were those bikes that you would rent and then you'd like? Oh yeah, lock bike them share up and bike share. Is that still a thing? Or yeah, does they the scooters those. replace yeah. the bikes. LA's done that somewhat in a weird inefficient way but yeah LA yeah. has that in Santa Monica hilariously they have a bike share that Metro help, the MTA Metro whatever you call it helps pay for right and the same company also runs a private bike share in the same city <laughs> <laughs> um, but their private bikes are e-power have a little like electric engine in that in them uh, well that's what Lime started as yeah was that but then did they switch to scooters they still do the bikes too yeah, yeah. yeah. so they offer a variety of electric options so yeah they do that here it has not caught on like it did in new york i remember i was yeah. there like six months after it launched and i was shocked at like how many of those bikes i saw they what do you everywhere. think that is what do you think the difference is new york has a lot more bike lanes mm. uh and there i it's i never saw statistics i'm sure they're out there i just never saw them on how many people owned bikes and were just using the the city bikes because they didn't have to worry about their bike getting stolen or whatever right um, versus how many of the people were new riders. Because the idea of that, the bike share, is to make biking more affordable for people that don't do it all the time. Mm. Uh, it's not that someone like me, I biked here today, is going to you know use that bike. Um, that's not their goal. The goal would be for someone who doesn't bike regularly, but you know took the train downtown, and now they've got to get across town, and 40-minute bus headway is going to hop on a bike instead of taking a taxi type thing to reduce uh, reduce the number of car miles. Got it. Uh, let's move on to this term I learned recently, road diet, <laughs> because I live in I live near Mar Vista, and I've been walking up and down Venice Boulevard over there and seeing restore Venice Boulevard yeah, signs. They like have crazy. a lot of signs. So if you don't know your L.A. geography, there's a section of Venice Boulevard between like Sepulveda and Sentinella where they've installed protected bike lanes, mm -hmm. which means that it's entirely separate from the road. There's like a barrier in between the actual bike lane and the street. And then they've removed a lane in each direction. Am I, am I yep, saying this correctly? It. And the purpose of the road diet is to slow traffic speeds in that area. Is that basically the... Yeah, that's the idea. Okay. That's the idea of the road diet. I should mention I was on the neighborhood council when the bike lane was put in until I got off of it 10 days ago. Ooh. Uh, so I have a different relationship with that bike lane than most people. Wait, you were on Venice City Council? No, I was on the Mar Vista Community oh, Mar Vista Council. Oh, Community Council. Yes. Yeah. So what does that mean? What What is your different relationship community, with the bike lane? Community councils are like uh, elected advisory boards of the city that don't have power. Yeah, it's like the, it's a neighborhood council, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a neighborhood yeah, council. Yeah. Ours, is, ours happens to be called a community council because there's also the Mar Vista neighborhood, which is not the same geography as the neighborhood council. And all of this was done 18 years ah, ago yeah. and by people for reasons. Um, 
so uh, no, I sat at a lot of meetings and got listened to people yell uh, about how much they hate the bike lane, uh, and sometimes how much they love the bike lane. But it was a lot of yelling. Why do people hate the bike lane? Um, because I mean, you took away two, you know, mixed use or car travel lanes, right. and so there's more traffic. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were trying to do a similar thing. Did you see on Temple? Mm-hmm. So apparently, the stretch, like the two point six miles of Temple from Beverly, which I where like Temple, I think starts or whatever, yeah. right there, to Beaudry, which is downtown. So like that, you know, that like kind of hilly place that goes through like little Filipino town that goes by like sixteen forty two that bar yeah. and like that is like murder lane like like people die there constantly pedestrians it's like a huge problem and they were trying to do a road diet there but there was like so much uproar that they couldn't do it they, yeah, like, they, they stopped wait so what exactly is the road diet what does that mean uh, i haven't heard that term before. you're putting the street on a diet by removing oh, oh I, I used see. air quotes for yeah. you can't yeah. see that on the podcast <laughs> do you're you have a sound effect a, for air quotes <laughs> we don't we need to install one um, yeah. so you're putting it on a diet by removing uh removing car lanes like I you're see. slimming the road down literally uh, and the term exists in places where you'll have like a lot of car lanes and the lanes are so wide that you can reduce the size of the car lanes too. And that's also considered a diet, although nobody uses that term anymore. Mm. That's such an that. LA thing to even put our roads on a diet. Yeah, yeah a lot, yeah. A lot of cities do it. Even the roads are on yeah. a diet. Yeah, okay. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I was like, no, a lot of cities do it. Yeah. Like my transportation nerd. Was Adam like, is a professional comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we also style the roads hair, and now yeah. we're so superficial. What were we? Uh, the roads are on a diet. What were? Sorry. Yeah, let's keep yeah, repeating okay, it over and over. Just hijack that joke as many ways do, as I Adam, can. Adam, do you love it when other people tag your jokes? Oh, it's yeah. the best. I, I like when they come up to me after a set and then say, "Oh, I thought of something you could say after that." Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. It's the best, you know, it's gonna be good. You should yeah, write it down. Exactly. Always. No, I, I want to be clear. The problem wasn't with the joke. It's my absolute lack of a sense of humor <laughs> about road diets. No, we weren't. We weren't criticizing you. Either uh, someone's gonna total. come up after and be it like, "Yo, what if you say like the road is like doing keto? Like, what if you, uh, <laughs> how far can you take?" <laughs> People still laugh at Atkins. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that in? I don't know. So what are the what are the objections to the the road diet? Because why is why are the businesses on Venice Boulevard so wound up? Or not all of them, but but some of them. Well, uh, it's there's a lot of opinion uh, into why they are or aren't on. Um, and it's hard to get a, a very clear answer. Certainly a lot of businesses have gone out of business since the road diet went mm. in. But if I walk up and down Venice Boulevard, I don't see a lot of shuttered stores. I see other businesses going in. Right. And I don't know. I'm not big enough on economics to be able to say, oh, well, this diet has killed these businesses, but good for these businesses or that. How much of it's regular economics and all that. But it is undeniable that there's been a lot of. Uh, change in the business community along the street since it's been there. Um, a lot. And they of the- think that might be because the road diet has removed people parking or people coming through Venice Boulevard. Like what? Yeah. Is- the the argument of the Restore Venice Group is you have less cars on the street going through, so that's obviously going to be less customers. Right. Um, traditionally, when we've seen road diets in other places, that's not usually the case. I mean, yes, there's less cars, but there's the cars that are avoiding the street are the ones that are doing the long commute, like. If you're doing your hour commute, you're not stopping on Venice Boulevard to get to the market or yeah. to pick up takeout on the way home. You're, just, you're not going to Robinson's Butilities to get a you probably not anime costume. That is a very local joke that nobody got. <laughs> I don't care. 
Robinson's Futilities is a costume shop on Venice and Sentinel. I thought they were. Uh, I thought they were like reused, um, like stuff from like movies and plays and stuff. Yeah, they have that shit in there too. But yeah. if you go in there, you want to rent a costume. Like I dressed up as Santa Claus for Christmas one year. Really, got Santa a, for Christmas? That yeah. was bold. Yeah. yeah, I like being an asshole. That's why. <laughs> I got it at Robinson's Futilities. Beutilities. Robinson's Beutilities. Like, be, is that beauty and utilities mixed be, together? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes, it is. Sorry. Is no. this like your live commercial during the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to you we by work Robinson's in sponsors. Let's take a moment to talk about it. <laughs> if you need a Santa Claus costume <laughs> the, um, and it's Halloween. The Mar Vista Road Diet segment brought to you by Robinson's Butilities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got you off track. No, that's, that's fine. Um, so, I mean, but it's... I don't know that there's been a study done by people that aren't super supportive of the diet or super opposed to the diet as to why some of those things are happening. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it was it was big news when the first couple of businesses closed. Right. Um, and then, like, as you looked at it a little more, it didn't have a ton to do. Like, there was a restaurant and bar that closed and their business went way down. But their business, right when the road diet ran in, they also, like, had a vermin infestation. Okay. And there was an ice cream shop that closed, but it turns out the owners had kids and they didn't want to own a bunch of ice cream shops. They just wanted to have some close to where they lived. And a new ice cream shop opened four months later. Yeah, there's an ice cream shop yeah, right it's there. Just, and it looks exactly the yeah. same except for the sign. Yeah. Um, or the, the Soaptopia closed. Um, and they closed because the rent was increased. Like when you, So I, I don't know. I haven't gone to all 19 businesses that have closed and have gotten the data as to why they closed. But I know that some of, it's, some of it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the road diet at least. But... There's definitely concern because there's, you know, there's definitely a correlation between around when the diet started and a lot of businesses leaving. So people are concerned about that. Yeah. But they'd almost need like a more longer term amount of data in order to determine if it was really that. Yeah. Because it's only been there. It was installed when? A year and a half ago. I think it was May of 2017. I just had to do the math of 2018 minus one in my head. And that's what that (laughs) pause was. (laughs) So let's talk about Garcetti for a second here. So there's a lot of these ideas are coming from him trying to do this like international regime thing called Greater Vision or some shit. What Vision Zero. Vision Zero. The opposite of Greater Vision. Yeah. <laughs> so what the what is Vision Zero and why is Garcetti trying to like ride on the coattails of this? Well, Vision Zero started in Oh, Sweden or the Netherlands, one of those Eastern European countries. And I usually know it and I'm going to get yelled at by Swiss blog readers. Thank you. Sweden. That's what I said. (laughs) That quarter of me that's Swedish is very proud. Um, It started there in the 70s and it was basically saying every decision we make about transportation is going to be based on what can we do that's the safest thing possible. And we're going to the goal is to reduce our pedestrian fatalities to zero. That's that's so vision zero is a uh, American translation of whatever that is in Swedish. It probably sounds cooler. Oh. Um, Can we think of a Ikea name for this? Yeah, and I'm not going to try to do like <laughs> a on, Swedish chef Come on, chef comedians. <laughs> Don't look at us. Yeah, <laughs> he said, come on, on, comedians. I rolled away from the microphone. Before, before the show, Adam and I were discussing how we don't really do off the top of our head stuff in the moment. So yeah. we're the two worst people to yeah. be asking. You guys are, yeah, it's true. You guys are very great technical comedians. Yeah. But not like... Like, if you yeah. if you ask me that, I'll come up with a few pitches and email them to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Friday. Later. <laughs> Here's three directions. Adam, yes. I, expect, I expect your response in uh, two weeks. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's when the episode will go yeah. up. I'm totally the same way. I'm so bad with off yeah. the cuff shit. Wait, Adam, when you are in... 
do you are you like in a writer's room for Ellen? Are you like in the Ellen writers? Room? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So is that like a you go there every day? And I go there every day. I'm a staff writer. Yeah. We we kind of each have our own assignments that we work on like individually. But yeah, we we've rehearsals and then we meet as a group in the writers room and punch up the scripts and yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Before we were on, you were mentioning audience work a little bit. Are you out on like? Are you on film ever? Like, will my if, uh, will I be able to brag to my in laws later? That- uh, I, I have a set. Uh, I did a set on Conan. So there's a Conan set that's out there, and I've done like Fox Laughs, and I do um, like you know shows at clubs and stuff around the city. Yeah. Everybody should talk into your mics more. Oh, okay. Everybody's getting off oh, mic in there. Sorry. I had to move my I'll, head to make eye contact. I like, yes. I like chastising. That's what <laughs> so anyway, so is. Garcetti is like, okay, so this is now a policy that mayors in New York and LA have all tried to like figure out these year zero things, mm-hmm. which it seems to me it's just basically year zero. <laughs> That's the Cambodian genocide <laughs> reference. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vision Zero is like a sinister sounding name. It is. Yeah, like, Vision uh, Zero. Yeah. Oh, it's also a Nine Inch Nails album. Really? Yeah, year zero. Oh, year zero. Oh, yeah. year. I was. I year was zero. Vision gonna have zero. to Google that too. Okay, thank you. Year zero. Yeah, year zero is when the Khmer Rouge took power of Cambodia. They like abolished currency, and it was year zero because they were starting all over. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Which not is what basically going what's for. happening <laughs> with this. So in Isaac's head, it is. So uh, Garcetti is like trying to couch a lot of this transformation stuff he's doing in Vision Zero, but. According to your publication, it's BS. Like it's not really working. Like he's not doing a good job. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair. A lot of our readership and certainly the current uh, editors and myself agree that we're not seeing what we could see. I mean, we're actually seeing since they had their Vision Zero press conference with the banners and the signs and all that, we've actually seen an increase in traffic fatalities and pedestrian right. fatalities. Last year was better than the year before, but the year before that was the worst on record. Uh, and last wow. year was you know, better, but like, you know, better in the way that, you know, a baseball team that won 60 games, won 80 games the next year. It's not good enough. Yeah. Um, and so there's these sort of these high profile projects like the Venice project. Um, the, there's, there's another one that, you know, they talking about in Koreatown, another one in downtown and, but we're not seeing the like overall vision of it. Um, the example I use is Villa Ragosa, that guy, you know, he never met a press conference he didn't like. Uh, and so he would, you know, you paint a mile of bike lanes. He was there happy and celebrating like Garcetti. It's not really the same. He wants to, he wants to have these big projects, but we're not seeing like the, the obvious connectors. So mm. we'll have a big project from downtown to USC area, but there's not a, that's not a, there's no real connections to and from it. The project doesn't do things like have bike signals that the bikes can detect. So if you're sitting there on your bike and your nice protected bike lane, you got to wait for the car to come up and trip the signal so that you can cross the street. There's all sorts of things that are missing that would just make it work better. Right. Um, You know, I happen to be a big fan of that one mile bike lane up on Venice and the the way they refigured it, configured it and all that. It's a lot easier to get to the farmer's market. For me, it's easier to move around. I know that there's a lot of other people that feel differently, but like it's weird to have a protected bike lane for a mile. Yeah. It is very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's totally so out of the, the Yeah, I saw the other day there's this thing on Pico that's clearly one of these Vision Zero things. It's like a really cool purple curb. Oh, yeah, you saw the purple curb. It, the, and it's like there's <laughs> one of them. It's just like one purple curb. Oh, in it, like a what does that mean? What is a purple nonsense. curb? And it's just like it's so random looking. It's like it, it, yeah, there's no connection to anything else around it. What is what is a purple it's curb? Like some kind, it's clearly probably like a, a problem intersection or something. Yeah, and, and so they've made like this kind of like... What's the word? A bolland? 
Oh, a bollard. 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 A bollard. You know what a bollard is? No. It's like those... Why would I know that? It's like a... Uh, <laughs> Can I submit bollard as the Swedish term for... Hey, zero. <laughs> it's actually year zero. It's called bollard. Bollard. Uh, no, it's like the... Sh- Stick barrier thing, you yeah. know, like this. Oh, bollards are what they actually oh, use yeah. on Venice. The, they use a series yeah. of bollards. Okay. So there's like a I couple wanted to bollards. hear his explanation. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a stick thing. Yeah, stick thing. Uh, there's like a couple bollards, and there's like this really cool, like purple painted, like little area behind the bollards between the sidewalk and the street. So there's like it's like this little no go zone for right. cars that's purple. And it's on Pico and like near, like before La Brea, but it's so random. It's like, where did this come from? Like, why is this here? What does it have to do with anything? Yeah, what the city's trying to do is these like spot improvements in the right. areas where there's yeah, like, spot where there's like exactly. the worst. Yeah. And it, it, you get that. The purple was voted on at some community meeting, I know. And I know probably half the people that are looking at it are going, purple? I actually like the color. It's do a you? good color, yeah. but it's just so random because there's only one. And it was like, it would be one thing if they, all the streets had I, it, but it's I just one thing. I think it's the only purple thing that the He's done. Yeah, like I can't yeah. think of another one. It's new too. It just came in a couple Brand weeks. In the past yeah. couple weeks, I the... drive by that a lot. <laughs> um, Has it worked? Have you driven down the purple? Like, oh no! I... <laughs> it, it does kind of look like something you, if you drive over, you like get points. Yeah, like, I it seems like, <laughs> <laughs> like if I go like through Mario Kart yeah, bonus, like right. something will happen. Um, but. Oh. I'm totally what is the, the point next time I'm, I'm at one of these meetings they're talking about colors like you're just increasing their points yeah, yeah. Can you, can we get all these something? millennials who play video games right. gamify let's yeah. gamify let's gamify Street. driving oh, yeah uh is there like a perfect storm for like a death trap in terms of like these places that are problem zones like is there something that or what's the perfect storm of factors that creates a really dangerous area like that temple street the area the biggest factor in in a in what causes people to die is how fast they're hit. speed is fa- yeah. yeah and so speed. uh one of the things that you'll often hear when there's pushback on one of these road diets as well the number of crashes went up or it didn't you know it didn't um or it stayed you know basically flat or anything like that but the, it's the speed that that kills yeah. and that's why the efforts are to, to slow down traffic which if you're someone that drives safely like you know the majority of people do is infuriating to hear that you need to drive slower because right. you're already driving however long and so um there's definitely a i think a failure in long-term messaging um on how we do this i don't think diet really works there's people i know that like they say we like the word buffet because we're allowing people to choose and it's like i think we should just get away from the food analogies but, yeah. um yeah that it's not a good tie together <laughs> wait well what what let's let's brainstorm this what would be better than road diet road road not kill <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> good stuff charles wow Pro-life roads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro-life yeah. when it comes to pedestrian traffic. <laughs> yeah. Operation Rescue. Pedestrians. Yeah, this is... We were also trying to think of, like, uh, my prediction is that we're going to have, like, a more of, like, a right-wing person kind of rise to be, like, in Southern California. And, like, we were trying to think of there being more conservative about homeless. Like, what would uh-huh. that be called? Like, what's the make a great of America, make America great again for, like, like getting kind of mean about homeless people? <laughs> you know? I was trying hard on homeless is so far. <laughs> hard on homeless. More ways than one. Yeah. I theorized that was a mayor that fucks homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people that would think that. It's... We're allowed to make these jokes because we had Brad Robinson from the Skid Row Housing Trust on, on here. Yeah. He's I thought like, say, we're allowed to do this because we had a homeless person. On <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? No. We would never do I can, I can make fun Gross. of homeless people. I have lots of homeless friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody ever says that. Yeah. <laughs> the black friend, sure. Homeless friend, no. Uh, so back to... Uh, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have tons of homeless friends. Now that we get out of this U-turn that you've you put us in sorry just trying yeah, to inject I, mean, I, w- some I would imagine that when you get journalists and comedians together we're gonna know a lot of homeless, <laughs> a lot of homeless people yeah <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i do know i've like, seen an abundance of comedians lately at mics especially on stage revealing that they are either are or were homeless right like during their sets yeah yeah, yeah but is that just for points yes yeah, sure yeah. yeah there's all kinds of lying yeah. right you yeah. see it all the time comedians are liars lie about things in order to joke about them yeah. right that's why we have so many pansexual comedians. Yeah, that's what you were saying. They're lying. It's not <laughs> true. <laughs> Sorry, it's my my bugaboo. Um, uh, let's talk about the upcoming uh, ballot propositions for California because Prop Six. Yep. Yeah, uh, the gas tax one. What is what is that? God, and more. There's just it, we're just gonna get one cent tax. No, it's no oblivion. You, someone hasn't read about what Prop no, Six. No, I have is. no idea what no. Prop Six. Is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Prop Six is to repeal the the gas tax passed by the legislature. Yes. And oh. uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What is your position, Damien, on that one? Um, generally speaking, we support transportation bonds uh, or gas taxes or or things along those lines because for years the state collected a bunch of revenue for transit and transportation and that stuff. And then under Schwarzenegger and it's continued, uh, they spent it on something else. And so we don't have great conditions for our roads in California compared to the other ones. We haven't really upgraded our bridges very often uh, over the past half century. So that's like what the money for this is going to go for. Uh, the money that was passed by SB SB one, right? Um, it, it's mostly road repair. Yeah, there's some money that's going into transit. There's some money that's going into uh, various expansion projects or uh, local return, which is the money that cities and counties get to do whatever they want with, as long as it's transportation y. Yeah. But most of it is going into like fixing highways and stuff like that. And so the argument has been, well, if we need to fix the highways and all that, we repeal this gas tax, then we can pass another ballot proposition to take the high speed rail money and put it into fixing all the roads. That to me seems a little, I mean, I'm a, again, someone that likes the idea of high speed rail. I'm not going to get into my personal feelings on the authority and whether we're doing the smartest project we can. Right. Uh, Cause I think it's probably that project or nothing knowing how things work in California. But, um, uh, it seems dicey to me to say, let's, let's get rid of this revenue stream. Cause then we can rededicate another revenue stream and just like see how it goes. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, for me, as someone that is very multimodal, like I biked here, but my family owns a minivan. I drive it a lot. Like, I want roads that are smooth. And I'm, I don't mind paying an extra. Is like, it, guys, is there anything more infuriating when they, you hit one of those ridiculous fucking potholes? Ugh. <laughs> it's like the rage that I feel when that happens. I'm like, how can the, this is like a failed society? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like. It's I'm this, like, how can this be real? It's like the second time that really pisses me off. It's like, I just hit this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, it hasn't been fixed yet. It's like, what is... In downtown, they have these things. They're not even potholes. They're like a line. They're like a super skinny speed bump. It's almost like the road got like smushed together a little I bit. I think like that's a about paper. water, though. That's I think that's about moving the water ridiculous. along. And you'll be going like, it's oh, I finally get away. And then one of these things just sneaks up on you and it feels like your car is like totally destroyed after you hit one because they're like a really skinny sharp 
super high just bump in the middle of the road. But you know who never hits those potholes in that? People on scooters. Yeah. yeah. I had actually not true. I oh, have, no. I've, <laughs> I've fallen off a bird from hitting a big oh, uh, you're the, street bump. Well, earlier when I said no one on the scooter like flies into the ocean because of it, you're going to be the guy that does that. I have flown off a, a bird. Actually, a couple times. Were you I've looking at your off. phone? You can't bird and phone. It's not possible. What were you doing? How uh, can I victim blame? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was this your fault? Yeah. How do I make this? Well, one time I was riding on the sidewalk. Uh, and, you know, you. I hit like one of those huge, like, jagged sidewalk things but oh. another time i it was i just hit a <laughs> huge jagged human being and then another time i hit a like a it was a pothole like a super hidden pothole like in the actual street hmm. um but you don't really get hurt like it's you kind of fly off and then you could just stop yourself because 15 miles an hour it's like it's not it's just it's the perfect speed to not get super hurt right yeah, I don't know. It depends how old you are. Yeah, statistically, twenty miles is where it starts getting dicey, and I'm pretty sure the scooter people intentionally kept it. Right. Well, they had originally Lime was advertising they could go up to twenty, and mm-hmm. then that was one of the deals that they made with Santa Monica. Right? Was they had to yeah, and they had to limit it. And you're seeing like similar oh, to like how yeah. California sets the emission standards, and the rest of the country sort of begrudgingly has to follow them because right. people want to sell cars. Like you're seeing the same thing because Santa Monica and San Francisco and them were early. Yeah. Like a lot of the standards that they're putting in are becoming like the set standards for, for the scooters. Like yeah, for uh, like yeah. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like oh well, this is what happened in Santa Monica, and so that's you know you're seeing in all these other cities. That that are, are doing it now. Are there any other ballot propositions that are related to transit on the California ballot this year? And that's the biggest one that's definitely like hooked right into transit and transportation. Like you can argue about the housing ones and stuff like that that are kind of related, but right. uh, this, that's like the transportation one. It's probably the only one that Streets Blog will take a, a firm stance on, although we're looking at the Costa Hawkins one too. That's 10, right? Yes. The oh, rent control one. Yeah, we're yeah. looking at the rent control one, but I'm not sure that we'll... What's the rent control one? Um... It's a ballot proposition that takes away some of the restrictions on cities being able to in, uh, put rent control laws on the books. Uh, the argument for obviously is, you know, people aren't going to get, there's, you know, cities will have more control in stopping people from getting priced out of their houses. Um, the argument against is it doesn't do anything to actually relieve the housing crisis in general because right. it doesn't create new units and actually might stop people from creating new units. So depending how you think about like housing in the area, uh, you know, some people think a market rate building going in is not good for the neighborhood because those units are more expensive and they drive up prices for everyone else. And some people think that's great because then the people that are moving into that building aren't competing for the apartment building that opened 15 years ago down the right, street. No. And so uh, it's I think that uh, there, there's arguments on both sides. I think at a staff level, we're, we're, we're pretty a lot of us seem to be yes on it, but it's a little bit outside of our coverage area. So we would really want everyone to be on board with it. And we haven't we haven't really spent a lot of time researching like six is easy for us. It's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. It's something that we talk about all the time. Ten is a little bit outside. Uh, and so, it's a little so that makes and it's a little more complicated. So where do you stand? I've done some work for Curbed before, and I have a very lengthy story that we can tell later. But we, um, we have, but yeah. That's fine. Um, where do you? Where does Streetsbug stand with regard to Curbed? We get well. We have different business models. Um, we're a nonprofit. They're a for profit. So uh, we're not really direct competitors. Uh, although they have a, a woman who writes for them now, Alyssa Walker, who covers a lot of the stuff we cover and she's really good. And sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, Alyssa, but yeah. generally we get along pretty well. Um, uh, is there a difference in your politics? Um, 
if you were to like put all of us on like a left right stream, we were probably right next to curbed on the left. Yeah. Like just to their left. Like, so we're not, and who's on the right. No one of us curbed. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ezra Klein would disagree. Um, but a curb focuses more on like housing and that stuff with transportation as a secondary issue and where the, where the flip, right. Out. You're more transpo and they're more, yeah, totally. Yeah. But we've had, we've shared, uh, we've shared freelancers. They had a guy, Matt Tinoco for a while who was with us at, at like the same time. Uh, if memory serves, maybe I'm a year off. He also wrote for LAist and he's sort of written all over the place. Um, you know, and so it's not, we gave Alyssa Walker an award a couple of years ago. So we get along pretty well. Nice. Yeah, well, there's a, a piece that I wrote for Curbed about the worst <laughs> landlords in L.A., and I did a bunch of like research with ACI DLA, bought a bunch of data, did a I, bunch of shit, and they I read pulled that it. Piece. They pulled it. Oh, I didn't read that piece. <laughs> no, it's alive. You can get it on like archive.org. But they 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 got threatened to but be it was, sued by right five right people. right. It was up that it was up for like two. It was days, up for though. two days. Yeah. yeah, I read that piece. Yeah, yeah, that one got a lot of comments too. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the guy I'm the right guy. here. Wow, I didn't know. That's yeah. that's exciting. I'm also the founder of Vexit. The word Vexit. I wrote that piece for uh, Curbed. Is that, is that for Venice leaving? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah, remember. Yeah. I remember when Venice was talking about that. Yeah. yeah. It didn't go very far for them, but yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was... was more of a threat, I think. It was more of like a Hagar City. We can, you know, we'll, we'll take our stuff and leave if you don't pave our roads more, you know, yeah. that type of thing. The the, the hashtag, you, that hashtag did oh, pretty yeah. well, too, because the, the Venice people started using it. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 One of the, uh, on the housing front, one of the problems where housing interacts with public transit is so much housing is required to have parking anytime mm-hmm. that new housing goes up in LA, right? And there's no deviation from that. Like, even if you were to build a big uh, apartment building right next to the expo line, you'd still have to have X number of parking spots. Actually, less if you build it right next to the expo line. Oh, is that line. true? Yeah. There's oh, that's the, great. There's exemption process. I was the planning and land use committee chair for the Mar Vista Community oh. Council. Mm. Yeah, I got I said that in, away from the mic intentionally. <laughs> um, but I got to I got to learn all about the uh, all about the intricacies of that. And yeah, if you're if you're right by a transit station or even like a major bus stop, you can apply for. Uh, an exemption for less parking. But part of that also then is you have to build some affordable housing and other things. So you get these projects that are like, we are, you know, 30 units, three of which are affordable, Uh, you know, and 27 of which are completely not affordable, Uh, you know, and there's only one parking space per unit. And generally the communities in West LA uh, fight those things to the death um, with the exception of uh, senior housing and actual, like, completely affordable housing. Because hmm. uh, when I was the uh, chair, I, I sat and I listened to the meetings and helped write the motions and all that. And I, they were always saying, more affordable housing, more affordable housing, more affordable housing, the people in the room. And I honestly thought it was just a, a way to say we don't like these projects. Right. And so we're gonna pick. We're gonna find a net way to say it nicely instead of like we just don't want people. And then um, the Santa Monica Community Corporation, which is a nonprofit which just does affordable housing, came in with this completely affordable housing proposal, and it passed uh, the committee unanimously and then the full board unanimously. And I was like, oh, no, they actually everyone actually really meant that. Hmm. It, so it was a it was a pleasant surprise. And the highlight of my volunteer time on that board was was actually when everyone was completely on board with that proposal. Nice. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they actually there was actually good policy in place where you could have less um, less parking if you build right near a transit stop. Yeah, or in the amount of affordable housing and the more def- amount of if it's uh, designated senior housing, it's less yeah. too. So there are ways out of it, but it's uh, it's a process that goes through extra hearings and extra right. submissions and all that sort of stuff. 
Can I throw some listener questions at you? I had some listeners that when we said you were coming on. Oh, I'm about to say we're broadcasting. Yeah, that's why. I, I, are we live right now? Yes, we, we've, are, are we've the, been live the whole time. Are the listeners the three of us? No. <laughs> I have some listener questions from myself. Uh, one person wanted to know why. Uh, why is there such a divide on the East Coast? It feels like everyone uses public transit, and it doesn't have the kind of stigma that it does in L.A. Do you have any input about why that's? Such a thing. And th- I've experienced that too. I've had people like, you take the bus? Yeah. It's weird. I think it's because there's more of it on the East Coast and there's more trains. Um, people generally tend to like, I shouldn't say people, I should say that, that generally across society, people generally tend to like trains and you know, raise an eyebrow at buses. If right. you're, yeah, if you're, that's if, how I if am. you're middle class or upper middle class <laughs> or above, if East you're not, coast or West coast, I'm yeah. like, you take the bus. Yeah. The bus yeah. is gross. Yeah. There's people, right. Cool. And, and I've ridden subways in New York and, they're, they can be gross. Oh, definitely. Definitely. definitely um, and uh, so I, I think that there's some of that. Trains are cool. Buses aren't. And yeah. they have a lot more trains on the East Coast. Um, Blame Ayn Rand as well. She loved trains. Right. I yeah. have no problem with buses. I think they're just fine. But I think that's where the, the problem is. Buses mm. aren't, aren't cool. When One of my first jobs in L.A., I took the bus there because it was on the big blue, bl- big mm-hmm. blue bus. And my first day at work, one of the uh, story producers was like, I need you to run out and get X. And I was like, oh, I didn't drive. I I took the bus. She's like, you can't do that in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you the, have to drive. And the big blue bus is a pretty nice bus as far as, right. you didn't, know. Didn't matter. Yeah. Just didn't care. It was unthinkable that I would take the bus to work. And that's, that's changing a little bit. Um, you guys remember the Carmageddon where they shut down the 405 mm-hmm. for a weekend yep. to do? I uh, I did an interview at uh, Fox TV about that, the local Fox, not Fox News. Right. Uh, and they made a whole point about that. I biked to the studio, and I was like, "Yeah, aren't we going to talk about the other thing?" That we... I'm like, <laughs> "You guys are like biked here, and yeah. they're like three quarters of a mile from my house right. too." It's like, wait, we're, we're, I thought we were going to talk about the highway thing. Uh, Crazed and... lunatic Damian <laughs> Newton. <laughs> Who biked here? That's my KFI <laughs> intro. Crazed, <laughs> crazed <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. I do like though that you're the traffic expert in LA and you bike everywhere. You just opt out of the traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot. I, I again, I do have a van and yeah. I do drive places in that. It's it's for me uh, and I. My wife and I. My wife actually worked for a transportation a transportation engineering firm in New York before we moved out here. Oh, okay. So we very specifically wanted to live in a community where the kids could walk to school and that. So we made those types of decisions very particularly and so if it's in a certain amount of time we usually walk if it's a certain space after that we usually bike and then after that we'll we'll drive if there's not an easy transit option and the expo line coming which is a station just over a mile from my house has changed that dynamic too um yeah see so you got a perfect bird last mile situation yeah you can just do that one mile on the bird that's what the whole point is and one last of those, mile solution and one of those places that they drop the birds off in masses is between me and starbucks right so yeah, yeah. perfect yeah great uh, why somebody asked this? I think we've sort of covered this, but somebody wanted to know why aren't there more protected bike lanes in LA? Uh, politics. Yeah, it's really difficult for the local officials to get behind. And honestly, I think that the the politics are better than the electeds think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're it's you know the the people that show up to meetings generally are the people that are opposed to this stuff, so they think it's worse politically for them than it is. Uh, the example I use over the last three elections. Um, 
two years ago, Jose Huizar uh, was up for re-election against Gloria Molina, who was a supervisor, uh, county supervisor at the time. And the election, Molina really made it about like, this guy's crazy, bike lanes, overdevelopment. Where are you going to park your car in downtown LA? She like thundered at a debate uh, <laughs> in downtown LA. Right. And Huizar smoked her. I mean, and Huizar wow. was, was being dogged by personal scandals at the time and uh, I believe actually a hearing on one of those scandals was scheduled the day before the election. Wow. He quickly settled that out of court. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it really was. It was scheduled the day before the two years ago or in May of last year in Northeast LA, uh, th- this guy who was like, was like a bike advocate. Like he actually survived the primary against the incumbent. And before his campaign imploded uh, because of really, really unbelievably dumb stuff he put on the internet um, before that imploded, it looked like he was going to unseat the incumbent. Um, and a lot of his campaign was built around the, the bike stuff. Hmm. Uh, he ended up getting crushed because again, he, I, if you don't know about it, Google it. It was like surreally awful, uh, especially for those of us that, that knew him and were somewhat surprised at the stuff that was coming out. Wow. Uh, and then last year, uh, there was a big effort to try and recall Mike Bonin, the council member for the West yeah. side over bike lanes. And they spent a lot of money. They raised a lot of money. They spent a lot of money and never even got their act together to the point of getting like signatures on the ballot. And I think because even a lot of the people are like, Oh, this is a pain in the butt. Oh, it's taking me five minutes longer to drive on Venice and all that. They're like, Wait, we're not going to recall our city council member over it, though. Yeah. And so we're not. There's examples to point to and say, no, look, this is actually politically popular, but it hasn't actually seeped into the politicians' heads that that the right thing to do or what I see as the right thing to do is actually probably also the politically right thing to do. Hmm. We're not there yet. Why? uh, Last one. Why is uh, San Fernando Valley transit so bad? Why I don't th- think San Fernando Valley Transit's uh, bad. This is a valley, a valley. <laughs> yeah, I live there. I don't think it's that bad. <sighs> yeah, no, you've got. I, it, I think well, you don't ride the bus. What are you talking <laughs> about? That's, that's why I don't think it's bad. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think this thing I never use. I don't have to deal with it. The, the, the San Fernando Valley is really big, so it somewhat depends where they are. But you've got a you've got a, a bus that functions like a train in the orange. Yeah, that line. orange that, line that, is so weird. That, though. that cuts east and west, uh, and there's a bike lane right next to it. If you if you're taking a shorter trip, and it is it is it's very strange. It's the only one of its kind in Southern California, so it does feel weird yeah uh, if you were coming here from south america you'd be like oh there's one bus bustling in this entire city that makes sense yeah uh but for here it's weird um and that's mainly for the only reason that's still a bus lane is, is politics as well right? well it would cost a lot to transfer change it over to light rail now yeah. um and but it's over it's oversubscribed it's past that lines kept past capacity the the subway from downtown goes into the san fernando valley yeah uh and there's bus routes all over the place so you know bad subjective right uh it might be bad because of where they live it might be bad because they really want to use the orange line but it's too crowded which yeah. is for like my point of view is a sign that a good sign right uh but not for your personal commute if you're someone that wants to do it my brother lives uh uh, right by the the Warner Center on uh, on Victory Boulevard in the Valley, and yeah, no, they're in, unless he's gonna get to the Orange Line on bike or foot, he's a distance runner, so he's this different type of person already. Uh, when it comes to transportation, he'll actually just jog somewhere to get there, which for the San Fernando Valley is really weird. Cause it's yeah, like he sounds sick. It's 150 degrees every day, but uh, he'll uh, he'll do that. Um, sometimes to get places, but unless you're willing to do that first mile, last mile on streets that are not designed for things except for cars, uh, yeah. it can be really daunting. But if he lived a mile east of where he was, then it's a short walk to the Orange Line, and all the bus lines connect to the Orange Line, and the subway connects to the Orange Line, and so for those people, it works really well. Yeah, I think I think it's mainly like all about where you live 
and what your what exact commute in the valley you're trying to go through. Yeah. Because if you're going to some places from one place to the other, it's going to be impossible. But there, there's definitely it's easy to get into the valley if you take the train in there. It's great. I love taking the red line. Yeah, it's fast. I, I'll say I, I mentioned before the podcast that we do a podcast that's sponsored by uh, Foothill <laughs> Transit in the San Gabriel Valley. For for a second, I thought you just lobbed me. Like it took a second for my brain to wrap around that you said Fernando. I thought you lobbed me. Uh, so one of your sponsors is horrible. What would, you, what would you like to say about that? What even is the San Gabriel Valley? What is that like San Bernardino or something? Um, where is San Gabriel? I'd I'd kind of need a map to show you, but it's it's basically the one that's just east of the San Fernando Valley, like the mountain chain. That what makes towns are in there? Um, Alhambra. Oh, that's uh, Alhambra. Glendale. Whoa, uh, wait. Oh, I thought Glendale was in the S- San Fernando Valley. Culturally, it is. <laughs> culturally, it's <laughs> oh, no, in no, Armenia. I, did, I just got Glendale and Pasadena mixed up Damon. in my head. I, <laughs> Thank I'll you. say it into the microphone now. <laughs> Thank dr- you. Just as, just as dramatically. I just got Glendale and Pasadena mixed up in my head, which is embarrassing. Pasadena's yes. in the San Fernando, uh, San Gabriel Valley. Uh, yeah, Glendale's right. in the San Fernando Valley. They're politically, those two cities are ones that we cover, and there's connections between them. And so I... I even though they're different cities, I, I this is not the first time I've screwed that up. <laughs> no. Glendale's the fucking worst. Wow. I hate Glendale. I love Pasadena and I hate Glendale. Hmm. You're an old woman. Yes. Old people <laughs> love Pasadena. Damien, where can people find you online? Where would you like to direct our listeners to go well, check you out? I think Streets Blog LA would be the one, even though that's not one I, I write on a ton anymore. Right. Um, but it's we've been talking about LA issues, so if you've been listening to me and think, oh, that guy's brilliant or that guy's really dumb, uh, <laughs> that would be the that would be the place to go. And it's just la dot streets plural blog dot org s t r e e t s b l o g. Well, I think I think LA Transit is applicable to a lot of cities in the United States were kind of the vanguard for like big mega sprawl places, right? What hap- what works well in LA will probably eventually work well in like Phoenix down the line. So I think that there's a lot of use to be had by talking about how we make the city more manageable to get around in. Uh, Adam. Yes. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find, check out my upcoming standup dates at adamyuncer.com nice. and they can follow me on Twitter at cleancomedian69. that's great uh and they can check out your conan set yeah yep i have a few uh stand-up sets online you can find those out by googling mine i feel like the answer to that question where can people find you online is like google my name yeah wow braggy (laughs) (laughs) no i mean for anyone Okay, I don't. I'm just trying to get people no, no, to no. look directly at your stuff. Now you, all, now you want to get all cunty about it. All right, no you more want to use for Google. You. Oh man, it was such a it was such a good energy, and we killed it. At the so end. easy. What is yeah. y- Yenser? Is that Jewish? Uh, it's like Swiss German is my ancestry. I think it's German. Yeah. Why'd you ask that? Yenser. Mm-hmm. So I just have never and not Yens, but Yens. Yenser. Yeah. Yenser. What? It's some people say Yenser. Yenzer. But it's Yenser. Yenser. Yeah, some people put the Z in there, which doesn't bother me. It bothers like... Like Boise versus Boise. It's yeah. Boise, not Boise. Is no. it really? Yep. I think I've always said Boise. Don't say that. They don't like it. I Yenzered Boise. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been to Boise. They don't like it. I've also been to Boise. <laughs> the end.